First Peter, beginning at chapter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be God, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice through, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Melvin and I didn't talk before we uh, even knew we were speaking together, but it's certainly uh, fitting what he has spoken on. As we can see, he has mentioned already in First Peter, there at uh, verses 14, 15, and 16, uh, the aspect of holiness in our lives. But I'd just like to take First Peter, uh, these first few verses here, and just go verse by verse, uh, just to look into them and see what we can apply to our lives and what we can uh, learn from it. Uh, right away, Peter identifies himself as the author, uh, apostle of Jesus Christ, and he's writing to the strangers scattered throughout uh, this area here, Pontius, Galatia, a uh, bunch of names I have trouble pronouncing, and uh, I had to look it up, but areas of modern Turkey uh, under the Roman uh, Empire. Um, but the term I'm interested in looking at right away uh, is the strangers, um, and then you have scattered. Um, so we can also translate that word strangers, pilgrims, exiles, sojourners, and foreigners. And uh, while it certainly is um, probable that Peter was writing to uh, a Gentile believers here that had been scattered possibly uh, right around the time of Nero's rule, maybe before uh, that great fire or possibly 
during after when there was great persecution. What I'm interested in looking at is uh, the spiritual application of how uh, believers are really sojourning here, passing through. This is not our home. This is uh, merely uh, we are merely here for a short time. Heaven is our home. And uh, the Bible makes mention oftentimes uh, metaphorically to how we're strangers here on earth. We know that this world is uh, at enmity with Christ and therefore us. And that it is an evil age we are living in. And it's totally against uh, the Christian, the worldview, uh, their values. It's it's totally opposing. Um, and, And maybe not so much like... The way Peter was writing here, a very direct uh, persecution, maybe even very physical. The the text would maybe not uh, imply it, but it certainly wouldn't exclude it. Uh, I mean, today we are very blessed in the country that we live in this area, but we are certainly persecuted in maybe a much more uh, subtle way, um, very uh, discreet, but it certainly is very real. And the uh, even mentioned in prayer this morning how we. Uh, the world is certainly uh, trying to take hold of us and uh, grip us and to uh, have us take root in these things. That is totally not where the Christian should have his focus is in this world because this is only a temporal thing. We're supposed to have our eyes set on things that are eternal. And so that is the first thought I'd just like to drive home is how we are like these people here. We're strangers to this world. Um, you think of, you know, you go away for a, a trip or something, and you know, this is not home. You're not exactly comfortable the way you are uh, at home. If you could just apply that to um, a spiritual aspect, you know, the Christian who is really seeking God's will and seeking to be holy as God is holy, you know, you, sh- you should be uncomfortable. We're not really, this is not our home. Uh, there are things here, the sins and the the opposition we face it's a it's an uncomfortable uh, a thing that the Christian uh, certainly does feel uh, okay moving on to verse 2 we we can see here um, verse 2 uh, the work of salvation is attributed to uh, uh, the Godhead and the, the Trinity we have the Father mentioned the Son and Jesus Christ um, there's a a lot more in that verse um, can get a little confusing, but uh, we'll just, there's a there's a point in the, the end of verse two that I would just like to uh, look at, and it really uh, spoke to me or jumped out at me. Um, it's the phrase "grace and peace, grace unto you and peace be multiplied." Um, in the epistles, grace and peace is often mentioned many times. Um, I think I counted 16, I don't know, maybe 22, um, possibly 17 if you count one in Jude. But it's, it's definitely a, a phrase that is uh, unique to Christianity. Uh, peace being a, a Jewish greeting, shalom and grace, certainly uh, special to the Gentile that brought them in. But um, what really struck me, this one is, is different to me anyway, uh, it made me think about something from uh, my childhood. I believe it was around elementary school where uh, you pass you know, math and sub- subtraction and, and the teacher's bringing uh, the idea or the concept of uh, multiplication in. 
And, uh, you know, maybe they would say, uh, just to bring home the point, even though it went over all of our heads, uh, you know, would you rather have a million dollars up front or get a penny a day doubled for 30 days? And he thought, wow, a million dollars, you can't go wrong with that, I'll take it. But then the teacher would say, okay, so you get a penny the first day, the second day would be uh, two pennies, uh, the 15th day would be a whopping $163.84, and so you're not sure where the teacher's going with this, and you're thinking about it, you're punching numbers on your calculator, and you're not sure what's going on, and then he does all the calculations, and he tells you that on day 30, it's uh, you know $5.3 million, and you're, you're stunned. Wow, how does this multiplication thing work? I never... So it's completely different. Um, it really struck me that we received grace and the following, uh, the peace that uh, comes with it. Uh, you know, the day salvation visited us and we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as our own Savior. But really here, the point that struck me is now this is grace and peace being uh, given to you uh, daily. It's a daily thing. We need uh, God's grace and we need the peace that follows uh, daily to sustain ourselves as we're sojourning here below. And so that point really just, it, it's a continual thing that we uh, receive uh, from God. Verse um, 3, we have uh, an interesting title here. Um, Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We really see a, it's a two-part title. Uh, the first showing, uh, it shows the unique relationship of the God and Father to the Lord Jesus Christ. The first part uh, speaks of the humanity of our Savior. And the second part speaks of the deity of the Savior. And... And then we're given the reason. Um, we're given the reason there. Uh, it's because of his abundant mercy. Hath he begotten us unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead? In verse 4, there is that uh, threefold description of the security of salvation. We have mentioned the inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away. It's a very, uh, I've read it many times, and you, uh, if you ever really looked into it, I don't know what would come to your mind, but what came to my mind is uh, incorruptible. I thought of how uh, it is safe from within, um, safe from anything going amiss. You, you know, you think that. What came to my mind is you think back to the days of uh, you know early Windows uh, and how the blue screens would pop up. And I remember one time a blue screen popped up and it read that my, the volumes on my hard drive had been corrupted. And uh, I was thinking, well, how did that happen? I don't remember doing anything. Just one day I turn it on, boom, it's corrupted. I didn't do anything. I didn't put anything into it. Just from within, it was corrupted from within. And that is, he's pointing out. Here that our inheritance, there's nothing that can go wrong from within. It's perfectly safe and secure. And then he moves on to say, and uh, it's undefiled. And that I thought of safe from without. 
nothing can contaminate it. Nothing can have, no outside force can have an effect on it. You know, I think to think, you know, I always try to store stuff very carefully. I try to be very careful. Think of something that's, you know, expensive and you want to store it um, so it doesn't, you know, waste away. And really, sometimes, no matter how much careful planning you take or the right container you might put something into, um, you know, the outside effect, the outside air, whatever, contaminations from the outside seep in and and ruin it. Not so here. It's undefiled. Our inheritance is undefiled. And then we have that fadeth not away. And that, I thought, it is safe from uh, the aspect of time. You think of things... Uh, that will last forever in your in your mind, but really slowly as the years go on, um, there's a very slow fade that occurs. And you can think of I think of you know uh, things I had kept in my parents' basement. It's like oh that's got to be a safe place. No one's going to touch it. It'll be fine. But now I go in there and I look and I go, ooh you know I'll just I'll just leave that. I'm not ready to bring that over to my place just yet. I don't want to throw it away quite yet. I don't really want to take it with me. It just kind of I don't know what happened to it. Somewhere, when I put it in there when I was 10 years old to now, it's just not, I don't know, it just doesn't look really the way it was. And so it's just a slow fade that occurs. And so here we see that safe from within, safe from without, and safe from the aspect of time. And thank God for it. What a, and so we have our inheritance that is kept for us. Now in verse 5 we have our, the other aspect, if you will, of how we are kept for our own inheritance. We have kept by the power of God and then through faith. So again, we have the divine aspect of the power of God and then we have the aspect of uh, the human side uh, through faith. Um, you really think of it, we, uh, even as Mel- Melvin have uh, mentioned already about being holy, uh, really, you know, we we're powerless on our own. We're, we don't have the strength um, on our own. We are easily defeated. Um, but it is when we rely on that external power of uh, God, His power, that we're able to overcome and defeat uh, the temptations of sin and uh, trials. Um, and it just made me think also about um, the Apostle Paul when he wrote in chapter 7, um, when he's speaking about um, his his flesh side, um, may I just take the time to quickly read it here? For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is. No more that I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law then that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. 
But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of sin? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. So there's that, that inward battle that even Melvin was mentioning that really the only uh, way we are able to be kept for this inheritance is God will keep us by His power, but it is through our faith in Him and relying on Him and His strength. In verse 6, we have, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, through ne- though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. This might be the last point we uh, are able to get to. Um, so then, with this knowledge of a secure position in heaven, and uh, inheritance that is kept for us, and we kept for the inheritance, um, it brings uh, rejoicing. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season. Um, we could also think of that as really the little time we have here on earth uh, during our sojourning, if you will. Um, it is only for a little time. Our heaviness through manifold temptations, that would be also uh, translate um, various trials. Um, but it's interesting to note there that it is, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. If need be. So that is in the will of God, if it need to be so. But also that means there's a reason, a purpose for it. And verse 7, we'll just touch on it. Uh, the, the reason for it, if it needs be, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And so there we have um, other translations would render this uh, uh, the tested genuineness of your faith, uh, the trial of your faith. So it's testing the genuineness. So it, here he's likening it uh, to uh, a gold, which is a precious metal, but he is saying here that it's more precious than gold. Um, I thought of, like, uh, to me, if I saw a gold bar, how would I know if it's just gold-plated or really gold? It was only if you attested that gold by the burning of the fire that the impurities would float away and you would then know you have pure gold. And so to me, I would just look at it and be like, okay, it's, it's gold bar, but unless you actually tested it, there would be no way to see that it's a pure... Uh, Gold bar, and so here the uh, comparison is being made to those who, uh, uh, to those of uh, who proclaim uh, they have faith, but it's really uh, it's not a true faith. It's just a casual. Uh, they're just saying it, pronouncing it. You know, uh, not that we're critics of of everyone in the world, but a, a lot of times people would profess they're Christians and would know uh, nothing of Christianity or of Christ as their savior. And when the hardship hits them, it, it right away. Oh, how could God do this? And they're totally they don't they want nothing to do with Christianity anymore. And then you can think of people, uh, possibly that you know, in the assemblies, and they've hit true hardships that 
you, you couldn't even imagine. And what is produced from that is their faith is increased. And uh, and to me, I marvel how that they could how they can bear it, and they can only bear it because uh, they are uh, being kept by the power of God and through faith. And so, to us, we marvel at their faith, uh, even as Christians. But to the outside world, what a testimony! Uh, it speaks volumes. Um, and so I hope uh, these few verses uh, would uh, speak to you as they have spoken to me as we uh, journey on uh, seeking to glorify God and live holy lives. Shall we uh, close in prayer?